Welcome to What Happened Next, a podcast about newish books. My name is Nathan Whitlock, and I'm a writer. On this podcast, I speak to other writers about what happens when their new book is no longer new, and it's time to write another one. To let me know what you think of this podcast or to suggest a future guest, please go to the contact page at nathanwhitlock.ca. My guest on this episode is Don Promisler. Don is the author of the short story collection Jewels, published in 2010, and the novel Juan, which was published by Freehand Books in May 2022. Author Catherine Kutenbrauer has called Juan, quote, a masterpiece, and said that this, quote, beautiful, painterly, sublime, and sonically exquisite novel is a work of utter genius. Dawn and I talk about the long stretch of time between her first and second book and how that is only partly her fault, the astonishingly short time it took her to write the first draft of Juan when she finally did so, and how a work by J.M. Coetzee opened her creative imagination and helped her realize she could write fiction in the first place. I only started this podcast what a, a month or so ago and you were actually the first author that asked to be on it really? oh <laughs> exactly yeah so far um you'd have a lineup that i thought i was like jumping in uh, sort of at the back of the line I you had you yeah. you got in there first and oh. and i i genuinely appreciated it because it was still at a moment where i felt like i was bugging people i knew and oh. other writers and going to their contact pages so I I genuinely appreciate that you that you wanted to jump on. Thank you. Not to put you on the spot, but I have to ask why. I mean, were you just kind of you just enjoy it, or you just like having these kind of conversations? Or well, I've never had this conversation before in, in public, and and you know, it's hardly ever in private either. Um, but I I literally was caught because I'm at the exact moment when my book is no longer new that that's what caught my eye you know I've been giving it a lot of thought in the last few months well not should I say the last few months like maybe two months because literally my book became a year old you know this month and um I was you know definitely the last month um as the birthday was coming up for the book I was thinking to myself well okay it's now an old book well I was sort of realizing it before you know when my publishers started bringing out their new titles and all that for the season two seasons since you know I, I kept feeling older and older in terms of my book and um it was very much in my mind and uh, you know sort of a kind of preoccupation in a way because obviously it's my work you know my book my book is my work and you know, where does this leave me? And it's only my second book. So I don't remember, and my first book was so long ago that I don't really remember um, feeling this way. You know, I just felt this very acutely this time. So, you know, the sense of now, well, what next, you know, and, and, and this pressure, of course, to write a new book and all this. So, so yeah, it jumped at me very much so. And I thought, oh, I'm exactly your candidate for this podcast um, because my book is no longer new. Just going back to um, your first book, yeah. Uh, which was a collection of stories named Jewels. That came out in 2010. Is that correct? That's right. And That's right. how did that all come together? What was... Well, I started writing these stories all at once, actually, um, relatively late in my life, actually, because I, you know, um, I was actually in my 40s. And um, I suddenly started writing the shorts, these short stories 
all at once, which are all set in South Africa um, in the 1970s, which is, um, you know, my childhood was spent and youth was spent in South Africa. So it seemed suddenly very urgent that I must have felt, I guess, some sense of, or and also kind of haunting, you know, that suddenly these stories um, or ideas, um, memories and so on came back to me. Um, and I started writing them down all by myself. You know, I, I'd done no writing courses or mentorship of, of any kind. I, I never really thought I was gonna publish fiction one day. You know, I worked in magazine journalism in a completely, uh, you know, factual realm of, um, of writing, not fiction. Um, so this was quite unexpected um, for me too. Um, anyway, I started writing them and, I, and they seemed to come very fluently and very almost, I could say, effortlessly. Um, so I must have been thinking about them at a very um, sort of unconscious level, very deep level for a, a long time. I'm a, a huge fan of short stories and a huge reader of short stories. So short, the short story form was a very natural form to me to come to. Um, so I started writing them and I, I literally had almost a collection. Well, well, of course, I didn't think of it as a collection until I, I did. And then I suddenly thought, well, these are coherently a, co a collection, it seems to me, because they were all set in the same time and place. You know, I could just see for myself somehow that I'd written something that was publishable and was a book. And I, I guess I gave them to a couple of editor friends that I had or who, who said, oh gosh, you, you have to, you know, go ahead with this collection, which it seems to be, or it's becoming one. Um, and someone recommended the Ohamba School for Writers um, as a mentorship program, which I uh, signed up for immediately. Um, and I was paired with Olive Senior, who, um, as you know, is a marvelous writer. Um, I immediately, the minute I was paired with her, I sort of read everything that she'd ever written. <laughs> of course, that's what one's supposed to do if you have a mentor. Um, I certainly want to do do. And um, did you I, did you tell all of that that when you when you I started did. working with her? Oh, good. I said, you know, I'm a huge fan of your work now. You know, um, and which I am and remain to this day. Were the stories that you wrote during that that sort of flurry of writing were they very autobiographical? You know, I tried very hard not to be autobiographical, actually, because mm -hmm. I'm very afraid of autobiography, actually, and remain afraid. I, I, I don't want to write autobiography. I don't want to be so close to myself. So, I mean, that was very much part of, I think, why I write fiction, actually. I, I really try very, very hard and consciously to distance myself um, and my own life from the work. Um, and that's very much part of something I, I feel very strongly, sort of instinctively about you know sort of protective of my own head. on the other hand uh, you know my work is very is very much set those stories are very much set in a world that I knew um and is familiar to me so they're not so it's a hard question to answer but I try to keep a, a very strong distance and and those stories I tried very hard to um bring different perspectives especially I didn't want my perspective you know again I don't want me I don't want my perspective which I, I find quite boring to be quite honest you know like um, um what interests me is all these other characters and their perspective it was when I started writing those short stories I believe it was exactly at that time that I read J.M. Kutzia's first volume of his um autobiographical series that he's written I think there are four of them in there um, the, the very first one I read almost at that exact time. And I would have to say, 
I mean, I would say that that was, it was a moment of epiphany for me to see, I, I was quite shocked actually, because here was an autobiography, I opened it up, um, you know, it's, it's, the book is marketed as autobiography, it is his autobiography, and I opened it and the book is told in the third person. He immediately starts saying, the boy, you know, he talks about his, he's talking about his childhood, J.M. Kutzi's childhood. He says, the boy did this, or the boy did that, the boy did that, he did this, he did this. And I was like, I was amazed. I, I was, um, oh, okay, this is like, I couldn't even, it really took me a few pages to, to get over it. And it was quite a revelation. I don't think I'd ever read that. I don't think it ever occurred to me that you could, you could do that. And I sort of realized that that is the, what I needed. I needed almost permission for myself to have a distance. And my, my just the distance I chose was fiction, you know, but it was this idea, I sort of finally understood. I mean, I've been a reader of my whole life, of course, of fiction, um, but I never really understood um, that it's a, actually a mechanism of distancing. Well, certainly I understand it that way. Not only are you the first person to have asked me on the podcast, but this is my first chance to actually ask the question that is the name of the podcast, which is what happened next, because the first book of stories did come out in 2010. Mm -hmm. And then the novel came out in 2022. So I have to ask about that 12 year gap. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's the, the question 12 years sounds like an eternity, and it sort of is. So I, I'll start by saying four of the 12 years, um, this is the easy part of the question, four of the 12 years were actually the, the last four were the time that it took to come to publication. So, you know, those weren't my fault, let's put it that way. So <laughs> responsibility for that, for that, that delay. Um, you know, it's uh, the book, I finished writing the manuscript, I wrote the end in the fall of 2018, which is mm. four and a half years ago. And you know that the book, barely changed a single word, you know, the published book from that time. So in four years, it took me, unfortunately, two and a half, or oh, sorry, almost two years to sell the book. And that was a very difficult and painful time, which every writer knows uh, if they've been through it, which most writers have. Um, you know, um, I wondered if I was actually going to sell it. It was rejected, not many times, but it was rejected by, let's say, four publishers or five. Um, something in that number, um, and I was getting very discouraged and whatnot, but so that took time, and then when Freehand acquired the manuscript, which I was obviously over the moon and thrilled, and they did an incredible job, and so that's all wonderful, but you know, according to their publishing schedule, which as you know, these things are long, it was two years, so they bought the manuscript in June of twenty. Um, 20 and with the pump date was May of 2022 so that was another two years of it so those are the four years that I that mm -hmm. are not my fault so to speak <laughs> yeah. yeah the other eight yeah well it took me um I would say you know the germ of the story was there from the beginning um you know I of this novel should I say in fact it comes out of one of the short stories in a way one of my short stories is about a character um, in fact, one of the short stories in Jewels is called One. Um, so, you know, it, it's a, it's, it comes out of that short story, you could say, although it's obviously very 
um, a long distance from the short story, but and different, but yet it comes with. So the, the the germ of the story of the novel was there. I guess I was very afraid of writing a novel. I'd never written a novel, so that was part of it. You know, I thought, well, I don't know if I can write a novel. Yeah, you know, I know I can write short stories. I know I can write poems because I, I wrote some poems and published them um, in between that time. So I was actually writing, but I wasn't writing a novel. Um, and by the way, the poems, I think, had a lot to do with the process. Um, so I spent a lot of time actually writing poetry in the in those sort of that eight year period. Um, I guess I was exploring and publishing them in some literary journals. And um, I, I think that was in retrospect, didn't realize at the time, but in retrospect, I see that that was very much part of the creation of the novel, actually. You know, this kind of experimenting with form um, was a way into writing a novel. Um, also, I, you know, I think of my novel as, as, as having poetic elements. Um, and I, I think it's because of that, you know, I, I think um, very much in a poetic, uh, like a poet in short, you know, condensed ways or in imagistic ways. Um, um, and that comes quite naturally to me, more natural then it comes for me to write an expanded story. Oh, interesting. That's the usual story is someone is writing a lot of short stories and then they start finding that their stories are getting longer. Yeah, I never thought I would write a novel actually because I, I, as I say, I don't actually think that way. I don't believe, I do. I don't, I mean, I've spoken to other writers who've said the same thing as you've said and or other writers who, who didn't even start with short stories and they started straight with novels. They think in a very long narrative way. They think in terms of plot, for instance. They think of these elaborate plots or things like that. And I don't actually think like that really at all. I think very much in small, little images almost which are short stories or poems even um or even paintings which is another point actually but because i think in a very visual way i don't paint by the way but i just i was I, just about to ask was that, is that something is that the third thing that you do no no i don't at all i've never picked up a paintbrush but i'm very interested in visual art and paintings and i spend a lot of time to be made so i think of them as these very short things a painting is a captured moment you know as i say in a long way around it actually, they came back to the novel. Um, well, the novel, I think, has these elements of poetic things in it. And then, of course, I was afraid of, uh, I guess it was, there was fear as well. I, I thought, well, I'm not sure if I can do this, so I'm not going to even try. So I did hmm. poems, and I wrote some essays, and I, I read, continued reading a lot, and wasted a lot of time, which feels very bad, as you <laughs> recognize me yes. and I berate myself constantly and I, I did actually feel very bad about myself I thought oh my gosh like you know if I'm calling myself a writer like I can't be spending 10 years like and with nothing to show of it you know so that felt really bad um and I think all of a sudden uh, maybe this feeling bad really got to me and I said you know what this is it this is enough beating around the bush I felt like a child almost you know I felt like a trial, a child playing truant, like not doing what I was supposed to do. You know, I had an agent at the time and she was, she'd been waiting eight years. And I mean, like, oh my gosh, it was very embarrassing to me. And, um, you know, so I literally went on a self-guided writing retreat. I went to a person's farmhouse, a fellow writer's house to look after her dog. I told my husband, 
that's it. I'm coming back with the manuscript of the novel. And he looked at me very skeptically because he had been hearing this for years, although he has faith in me, but you know, still. And um, I said, no, that's it. I'm coming back. And I really thought that's what I was, I must do because I was quite, I'd, I'd had enough, I guess, at this point. And I, believe it or not, I actually came back with, um, I mean, this, I was away for like almost two weeks and I by myself in this farmhouse and my laptop and that's it. And um, I, and a dog, and I came back with, I think, 35,000 words. It basically was two thirds of what became the novel, which the novel is a shortish novel. It's 55,000 words, you know, um, and um, I had it. And I guess, again, I seem to work in this way that's, this is some other way, every writer works differently, but I seem to think a long time about something, but then when I sit down, it's almost ready. Um, because I hardly changed or edited. I know that sounds weird, but it's actually true. It's almost like all those years I was writing it in my mind or something, um, not even consciously really, but it was, and when I sat down, it was almost poured out. The same way the short stories came out actually in a similar way. And, um, and, that, and, and then I sort of saw my way after that 35,000 words or whatever it was, I thought, well, yeah, I, I actually have a novel here and I'm just gonna sit down at home here now every day for the next month and I'm gonna finish writing it, which I sort of did. I'm trying to think now, there was another writer, well-known writer who, where I think she said she does the same thing where she sort of gathers novel stuff in her head, all of this book stuff just kind of gathers in her head. And then it's a very short period. It's it's a period of weeks of just and, and gets it out. And I remember reading that and because I am exactly the opposite, I am like, carrying one marble across a field and putting it on a pile and then going back and bringing one more marble and putting it on the pile. And then eventually it's a pile of marbles and I can call that a novel. But I remember reading that and just being astonished and thinking like either she's exaggerating or or this is a completely different kind of um, creative approach or creative practice that I have that feels very alien. So for you to say that now, I'm having this thought again. It just feels so strange well it's so interesting you mentioned that another famous writer even said that because i often feel almost embarrassed to tell people this because i think it sounds like i'm surely exaggerating and is it really true then i go back and i say to myself is that really what happened um and it really is you know because it feels unusual yeah i mean when i hear from other you know i hear other writers in it multiple drafts and I think well I sometimes feel that's I'm so strange you know but and did you take did you take an idea or or something out to that farmhouse or were you starting with almost a blank page no I think what I knew was um I knew the most important thing which was that I was going to write a first person narrative and I knew who the person was that the character and she was this character, more or less, who was who was the, the protagonist of one of the short stories, as I mentioned. This person that I've been carrying around in my mind for eight years. You know, this person that was sitting in the back of my mind, this character. So I knew very much, um, and I'm a huge fan of, I love first person narratives. I think that was a big part of the process is that once I made that decision, 
I knew, I sort of almost knew that I could do it somehow. Um, you know, I, if I'd said, well, I have to tell a different a third person narrative and I have to take that point of view and then that one and that, I think that would have, I just would not have been able to do it somehow or somehow I, I, I was very afraid of that. So yeah, I, I remember actually I arrived at that farmhouse and she had a blackboard on the, the kitchen wall because she's a writer as well. Um, and with chalk and um, I like this very much you know this blackboard and um, I remember as I arrived there I um, I just wrote a line on the blackboard and what the line was was almost you could say it's like a strange thing it was like a summary of what I was about to, of the book almost was the fact that this character was the protagonist as well as the first person narrator. So she was everything. And what I had to do was I had to um, understand her and write her in her voice. It's almost like an impersonation or a, like taking on another person's character and a voice. I felt it was some kind of feeling like that, that I had to get in this person's mind and just talk and type it on my laptop. And if I did that, that would be the novel, which it actually is. You know, the novel is this, just this person's narrative of her life, really. So it was like a statement of purpose, almost, yeah. that could look down upon you or like, this is my, this is yeah. my mission. This is my mandate. Yeah. And it didn't change for the whole two weeks I was there. I just, I never added anything to it or, or erased it. or I erased it on the day that I left. If you'll forgive me, that almost sounds like a detail from a novel. It, almost, it does feel it almost feels too narratively um, clean. It feels too narratively clean. I know, but it's the truth. This is what I'm saying. I sometimes hesitate to tell people this because I think it sounds just um, too good to be true in a way kind of thing. But I mean, having said that, I did go through eight years of hell before that. So yeah. <laughs> the mess, the mess preceded that you got oh, through yeah. the mess. Yeah. It's interesting. There's there's something that you said in that you love first person narratives and that you what broke you into this novel or what allowed you to break into this novel was the idea of it being a first person narrative. And yet your your other main sort of creative or imaginative um, thread is this wanting to distance yourself from your own experience and wanting to just and I I understand that completely, but it does feel slightly counterintuitive when yeah. you are going on almost like parallel tracks like i want yeah. distance i'm doing fiction because i want distance and how am i going to achieve that first person narrative the most intimate possible point of view but it's because you're getting inside someone else's perspective that's where the distance gets created well how insightful of you to i never really yeah thought of that that sort of almost contradiction but yes you're right i think that is exactly it I have to ask you now about um, this past year, because you have a quote in an, in, an, in an interview where you said, it is quite hard to extricate myself psychologically from Juan. And knowing that there was that eight year gap plus the four years that you are not responsible for, there was that eight year gap after the stories. There's only been a there's only been a year since Juan came out. I wonder where you're at in terms of that process of extrication of yeah. saying goodbye to it and finding a new project that that engages you 
Well, it very much feels like an, an extrication. So, you know, it feels, uh, you know, um, it, it's, it's very hard. I, I find it very hard because the enmeshment or the, uh, what's the word, the, in, uh, you know, this uh, immersion in the world of that novel, in this character, for instance, is so complete. Um, or my, should I say, my experience of it was is so complete that, um, you know, psychologically, I have to forget about it, you know, I have to put it away. So as you say, so yeah, it has taken time. Um, but I am happy to say that um, I have recently um, started new writing, which I think is probably the best way of extricating oneself from an old project. And, um, you know, I just, I suddenly, for instance, wrote an essay, which is, is not my usual for, uh, genre, you know, not, not a genre that I was particularly looking to write, but I wrote an essay about something I, I wanted to write about. And I was so pleased because it was new. You know, it was just something completely, my brain, it's almost like my brain was now washed. It's almost like an, you took an eraser and you took away my book and that world, thank God, you know, and um, I can start afresh in a way you know so so I was very pleased about that and I, I do feel that now I sort of feel this kind of a freshness in my brain almost that um I'm you know um free it's almost like a freedom in a way um and you know I also I don't feel obligated anymore to I guess promote the book and all that the work you know I don't feel such obligation that I felt before you know I have an obligation to the book that I have to be doing things that are sort of help getting the book out in the world, you know, being a, helping my publisher who has invested in this book and so on, um, you know, certain obligation to them to publish. So I don't feel that anymore. I mean, obviously I still have an obligation to the book in some degree, but not as it was before. So I feel free. So I'm very pleased about that. And given that you say you finished, you know, you wrote the fin last page of one, uh, in what was it, 2018, yes. and it didn't change that much, which by the way is also unusual. And you said yeah. that about the stories too, that these were almost ready to go. Yeah. So it's been a while since you've, not just since the book came out, but since you finished finished writing it, okay. since you were most engaged in it imaginatively. So it must've felt a little odd even when you were talking about it last year when you were promoting it when you were in that promotion mode that you were talking about something that was already years and years in the past in terms of your create your sense of creation and your imagination well yeah i mean it's an odd thing publishing a book isn't it you probably had that same experience because time is such a strange factor in there you know so much time elapses in between in between in between so you know it's just something you have to ignore in a way I suppose I just have to ignore and you know just have to you I mean even now sometimes people ask me a question about the book about one for instance and and I almost have to go back it's like I have to go back into this place where that book was made you know it's it's fine I mean you know the book has to live by itself now it's a strange thing. <laughs> I know it's like a, a baby you know that you're you pushing it out of the nest and just yeah. saying off you go have your I life I know it's a very strange thing, you know, it has its, it must manage on its own. And I'm going to bring up another quote from uh, uh, something you said. I'm, I'm using a lot of quotes from other interviews, but I find these really fascinating, which is um, the ideal of the novel never quite measures up to what I finally write. And this is an excruciating thing to live with. I wonder if in that year, 
being in and part of that process of kind of pushing Juan out of the nest and letting it go have its life. Are you looking at it in the sense of, oh, there's things I could have done better, or there's there's aspects of that that I'm that's not who I am as a writer anymore, or I've I've learned certain skills, learned certain techniques, or certain creative things that that I didn't have when I wrote that book. Well, not really. Thank God. Not. I don't have too many regrets. I, I think it would be terrible to have too many regrets. You know, so that would not be. That would be awful. You know, on the whole, I'm, I'm pleased with the the book, the product that it came. So yeah, I have to say, I'm very relieved that um, on the whole, it's the book I wanted to write. Um, I'm very pleased with it. Really, I suppose I'm, I'm proud of it. So thank goodness. Um, it would not be good not to feel that. I think. You know, so, um, you know, there might be small things, like very small, you know, uh, but nothing of substance. You can imagine it would also be um, bad, if not worse, to look at it and go, well, that was as good as I can do. Like, I'll never top that. I've I've achieved something, which might be what you're feeling when you're finished the book, finished writing the book. But it's nice. Part of that distance might be like. No, I can I can move on to other things. I can. Well, it is very frightening. I agree with you. I mean, it does often pop into my head as a fear. Like, was that as good as it gets? Like, is that the best I can do? And I'm sure every artist feels that sometimes. You know, it's a, it's a genuine fear um, that can I do that again? You know, I mean, it's such a monumental task. I can't even believe it. Like, I'm thinking seriously you know you're going to go through another 12 years of that and and produce something that's that's better than that like or at all am I going to actually can produce it again uh, you know and that is a fear I, I think I live in that fear all the time and that's a very uncomfortable feeling but I, I would imagine every artist feels that way in some way it's a fear that you you know of what you can do because you you, you and you yeah, and you don't really know, right? You don't really know your limits and until you actually do it. So I think the only solution to all that is to just keep working and not thinking about this, you know? So thinking about it is paralyzing. Mm -hmm. um, literally, I literally have to just sit and keep pushing and keep writing and that the, the rest will take care of itself, I think, I hope. I mean, I certainly, I'm gonna try not to take that long this time. Uh, you know, I think that was, that I'm not gonna, that I've learned. I think the obvious solution is two weeks at a farmhouse with a large, a large chalkboard. It sounds like it. And a dog. And a dog. Do you have the, the beginnings or the, the seeds of a new statement of purpose that you would write on that chalkboard? Not really. Not as clear as all that. You know, I've got all sorts of vague bits and pieces. Talk about marbles, the marbles you mentioned. There's a lot of marbles and they're all in different <laughs> corners of this dusty room. You know, that is seems to be my mind. And they lurk there. And sometimes I haul one out and see what there is, you know. Well, I, I wish you enormous luck on on finding that chalkboard and, and writing down that statement of purpose and then... And then making all of us marble carriers like nauseous by the idea of just coming up with most of a draft in two weeks. I still think that's something close to a miracle. That's almost miraculous. Well, I, I can't believe I told you in public. You see, <laughs> oh, I really have to stand by that. It's yeah. not, it must be true, I guess, if I said it. So. <laughs> 
What Happened Next is produced and edited by me. The music playing under my voice is by the great Alex Lukashevsky, who is letting me use it for free. You can find more of Alex's music at alukashevsky.bandcamp.com. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. There will be a new episode every Monday. Please buy more books, and not just new ones.